Welcome to Data Driven Recruiting. In this podcast, we talk about strategies and techniques for leveraging objective talent data to improve hiring processes. Welcome back to Data Driven Recruiting. I'm Sophia Beck, and I'm joined by my co host, Tigran Sloyan. Hey, Sophia. So, we're talking about three top three benefits of framework based assessments. So I guess before we start, we better define what the hell is framework-based assessments. Yeah, that's the, the word sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, but what is it? It's actually pretty like commonly accepted approach to mm. building tests in most industries where testing exists, uh, usually with the exception of like technical assessments. Okay. Uh, we're really the first ones to introduce framework-based assessments to technical assessments. Uh, what framework-based assessments are is that instead of building just kind of a collection of questions and calling it a test, mm-hmm. you actually write down a framework that defines what your test is. It defines what you're trying to measure. It defines mm-hmm. how you're going to measure it. It defines how you're going to score it. So it kind of becomes like a recipe. Right? It kind of becomes like a recipe that says, here is what our tests are going to do, mm-hmm. and here's how they're going to do it. When I say this is pretty standard in most industries is like if you look at something like an SAT, right? Mm -hmm. There's no one SAT. There's no two SATs. They have like a clear set of guidelines that define what SAT is and how it's constructed, Mm -hmm. how it's scored, how it's evaluated. And what what it's trying to measure. Exactly. Different topics, the proficiency level based on which question you get right, right and what score means. So I guess it kind of a really puts more, well, I guess it's a based on research over mm-hmm. what you're trying to measure, but I guess it also sets up the guidelines for how to interpret this result. Exactly. E- even if it's just a score itself, right. it's a lot clearer to you like what it, what this means, like what yeah. level of proficiency you, it is. Yeah, so like the alternative way of building a test is to say like, okay, just assemble like 5, 10, 50 questions and call that a test, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of what happens in a lot of cases in more immature testing industries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the real accepted standard is like you write down what it is that mm-hmm. you're going to measure, how you're going to measure it, uh, and you actually conduct research to prove that this framework is actually good. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, okay, I've got myself a framework for measuring yeah. specific skills and abilities. Mm-hmm. Now, based on this framework, I'm going to start generating tests. Uh, and SAT is just one example. Like GRE, GMAT, all of those are done that way. Yeah. And if, for our international listeners and viewers, like TOEFL, which is like the most widely accepted as like English as a foreign language test, yeah. proficiency test, mm-hmm. it's it's the same thing. There is yeah. like a clear framework. Usually they don't necessarily like disclose it publicly. Mm-hmm. You can't really go find the framework behind the SAT, but you can, there is a lot of like guesswork around what, it, what goes into it. Right, right. Sounds good. So let's talk about the benefits, yep. three top benefits over this frame. Mm-hmm work-based assessments. Yeah, so the three main benefits are, to start with, it's the uh, integrity of the results, right? What I mean by integrity of the results is that by having a framework, you don't actually end up with one test. You end up with almost endless number of tests that you can build. Mm-hmm. Because when you just build one test, uh, those that test gets leaked very quickly, right? Imagine if there was like one SAT. Mm-hmm. Like the day somebody takes it, it would find itself online and yeah. then everybody else would just kind of memorize the answers right. and go post it, like go get a perfect score, right? Yeah. What a framework allows you to do is that you have 
essentially the same test, but it's not really the same, right? You get the same score. Right, and then those are comparable with the previous test. Exactly. But questions are different. Right, so you yeah. can actually consistently clone a test that's based uh -huh. on a framework while varying the questions. Mm -hmm. But whenever somebody takes it, they get scores that are highly comparable to each other. Right, because the topics that they're, these questions are trying to like, you know, ask mm -hmm. is the same, yeah. although you can ask in, you know, different ways. Topics are the okay. same, the difficulty levels are the same, mm -hmm. the kind of progression is the same, right? So it's the exact same setup, but yeah. the questions are not exactly the same, which makes sure that uh, test takers really can't cheat or leak the questions. Yeah. All right. So the integrity is a great benefit. Yep. All right. What's the second benefit? Yeah. So the second one is the accuracy of your measurements. And mm -hmm. what we mean by accuracy of measurements is when you actually deliberately write down what are you measuring, mm -hmm. right, you actually get better at measuring it. Because when you don't write down what you're trying to measure, you mm -hmm. just assemble a collection of questions. You end up with like, oh, well, one of these questions also measures this other thing, but like nobody paid attention to it. And it's measuring a thing we don't even care about, right? Mm. So like, let's say we put in a question like for a programming test, right? Let's say that question also measures, you know, your ability to work with a certain type of data structure that like doesn't really matter for the job, mm -hmm. but like it made its way into the test just because you kind of picked a question that looked good, looked interesting, maybe mm. you picked your interest. Uh, whereas when you write down very deliberately what are you measuring and what are you not measuring? Because most mm. frameworks also include what are we not going to measure, right? right. Uh, the tests you actually build end up doing the right measurements instead of just measuring a bunch of stuff. And not being stuff. able to tell which one, like why, why these results came about. Is that because you're not good at understanding this, you know, specific like language part? Irrelevant thing yeah. or yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. Like making sure that you know what you're measuring and what you're not measuring yeah. is a great way to kind of align everyone on, you know, this test, you know, what we're measuring and the accuracy of the test that's, you know, based off of that framework. Yeah, but unless you write it down in right. a framework, you can't, you just can't do right. it. Right, and then because the, then once you write it down, it can be reviewed by, you know, other researchers and peers and advisors. So and like create yeah. agreement around like, right. is this the right thing mm -hmm. or are we just missing something? Got it. That's great. Okay, what's the third benefit? The third benefit is around consistency. And mm -hmm. what I mean by consistency is that sooner or later you're going to change the test and you're going to change it for that same job. Mm -hmm. Or you might even have a few variations knowing that your test is going to get leaked most mm -hmm you know, companies and people and hiring managers who administer tests uh, want to have at least two, three versions, right? Because they're like, even though two, three versions get leaked too, but they do try to have some variation in there. Right. Uh, keeping consistency between those variations becomes mm -hmm. nearly impossible unless you have a clear recipe of how this was built, right? right? And then the other version of it is, okay, my all of my questions got leaked or we got a new, like a hiring manager who wants to change the test. Right. right, like how do you keep that test consistent mm. over time? Because like you ha didn't have really an agreement for what, what the initial one was anyways. Like as soon right. as you change the questions, as, you, as soon as you change a few things, uh, it becomes actually unfair to either people who took it before or people who are to taking it now. Because you can easily make it harder, you can make it easier, you can introduce new skills that weren't in the previous test, mm -hmm. or you can like, take away some tests, some skills that weren't in the original one. 
And then last but not least, when it comes to consistency, like sooner or later, somebody, either the EEOC committee or someone, like someone's going to complain that your test is not a valid measure mm-hmm. for, the, for the job that you're hiring for. Yeah. And then without having some proof of consistency, you can't really like go back and say, hey, this is actually a good test. Right, because data are not comparable and you can really draw any conclusion. And conduct research. Yeah. Right. Like you can't do any sort of research that says like this is a highly consistent or reliable test. Mm -hmm. And we've got like thousands of data points to be able to prove that because it's built on this framework. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, could you summarize today's topic kind of a, you know, short sentence? Sure. Uh, I think the short sentence is like, do not uh, wing building tests. I think mm-hmm. building tests is a is an art and a science, mm-hmm. and the art and the science kind of uh, co- combines itself into what's called like framework based approach to building tests. Like don't wing it. It does right. not lead to good results and can get you into trouble. Yeah, and especially if you want the integrity, accuracy, and consistency, yep. go with a framework-based assessment. Yep, exactly. All right. Thank it. you so much for the insights. And thank you for tuning in today. For more tips and insights, please go visit ddr.codesignal.com.